0: Dragonstone and welcome to this episode of the Dragonstone Astrology Podcast. I'm coming to you from my new digs here in the wonderful inner northern suburbs of Melbourne. I'm utterly cooked from the move which has taken well over a month to get from start to finish. Thank you Venus Retrograde in my fourth house. But I managed in that time to record a really interesting conversation with two exceptional astrologers, Mel Priestley from Canada and Zamboni Funk from the United States. And we spoke about an article that I discovered one day, actually on my computer. I have a funny thing that happens to me sometimes where I notice a tab open and I don't know how it uh, got there, but it just seems to be magically open on my browser. This article was on a substack and the article was about scarcity and astrology. And I'm really fascinated by the way in which astrology functions in a capitalist marketplace, and the article speaks a lot about that in direct and indirect ways. And I wanted to talk about it with some friends. So I recorded this conversation, and I hope you guys like it. And without any further ado, I'll switch over now. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. I wish you would. (laughs) Nice. Cool 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 all right so uh welcome to the dragonstone podcast i'm matt dragonstone and today we've got an amazing episode because i'm joined by two international colleagues um so it's not just an australian astrology podcast we also go worldwide to uh as far afield as north america Um, we've got zamboni funk who's joining us from the united states and we've got mel Priestley who's joining us from the wonderful world of canada hello everybody how are you guys going What's up, what's up? Hey, hey. Thanks so much for having us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us on.
0: Nice, nice. All right, so the reason why I've assembled this international team of superstars is I wanted to talk today about an article that I found. Um, The article is titled Astrology Has a Scarcity Mindset Problem. It's on the uh, Substack Cosmic Indigestion. The author is only presenting themselves as Sadal Sud. Um, but it's got an interesting thesis and it's I read it. Uh, I can't remember where I found it. It's just one of those things that bubbles up and it just ends up on a tab. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of reading it and thought it would be good to have a chat to other professional astrologers about the thesis of the article. Um, so that's what we're doing today. Before we get into it, though, I just want to introduce our guests who have very kindly given their time to appear today. So we'll start with... Mel Priestley. Uh, Mel Priestley is a consulting astrologer and writer based in Edmonton, Canada. Uh, She's been studying astrology for many years and completed the Fundamentals of Natal Astrology Certificate at Kepler College in 2021. She's been a professional freelance writer for 15 years and has written extensively about wine and food and theatre and now astrology, the important stuff. She currently serves on the executive committee of the Edmonton Astrological Society and is also co-lead of OPA's Canadian Satellite. So welcome, Mel. Nice to have you here. Thanks for
1: having me.
0: No problemo. Next up is Zamboni Funk. Zamboni Funk is a professional weirdo. When he isn't playing bootylicious funk on the bass, he tells stories about the ongoing dramas of the heavens, with the basic understanding that whatever happens up there happens down here too. As above, so below. Timing is his specialty. From electing auspicious beginnings to keeping a killer pocket on stage, celestial and terrestrial inquisitive minds and bumping rumps, it's all the one stuff right hello Zamboni thank you for coming along
2: yeah I'm so pleased to be here thank you so much for having me
0: no worries at all mate all right cool so the backstory here is about the article and I guess a good jumping off point is general thoughts about what's going on um yeah what did you guys think about the article what was the impressions from what the uh, the author was trying to kind of talk about
1: Well, I remember when I read it, and it was early this year. Pretty soon after, I think it it was published uh, in early 2023, and I generally agreed with it. But I all like it's a great piece of writing. It's great, but I also felt that it was a very um, specific take on the astrological community. It's it's very much about Twitter. It's very much about what astrology is on Twitter and social media. Um, mm-hmm. Which isn't the whole of the astrological community, but certainly can feel that way sometimes. I think so. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of what I thought when I was reading it was just well, that's kind of Twitter in general. You know, when you talk about people wanting to tear you down and all this inviting and um, even even you know admits and subtweeting and things like that, and it's that that exists on Twitter. Um, not necessarily the that's not necessarily the story sort of in the broader astrological community
0: whatever that is yeah fair fair zamboni what did you think about it mate
2: yeah i i that was that was a lot of my takeaway there as well is like twitter is a dumpster fire right and um twitter is a perfect place to get into arguments and to um you know it's like it's like twitter is basically made for argumentation and really thrives on that sort of thing and um so i didn't even have a twitter for a long time and now i do have a twitter um and i am not pleased to have a twitter um but one of the things that i've found is that like it's almost the only time i feel like i have something to contribute to the conversation is when i have a point of disagreement with someone I don't necessarily feel a need to reply to anyone's tweet. If I'm like, yeah, you did it. That's what you said. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't really feel like I, but if I have a point where I'm like, oh, well, you know, like, I don't really think so. And here's a point you missed or here's something you're overlooking or something like that, then that tends to be the place where I feel like I actually have something to contribute. And so that's like what Twitter is made for. And so, if we find ourselves in a point in a place where we just like disagree all the time and there's like all this fighting and and all this sort of like one upmanship and this kind of thing, then like that is what that that platform does. And sort of more broadly than even Twitter. Twitter is frequently mentioned throughout the article. But if we think more broadly than Twitter, then we might notice that like uh, social media generally is very much um it kind of gets into the space of like comparison, like comparing my craft to your craft or comparing my uh, career or success or um, whatever it is, comparing me to you and see, especially feeling like whatever I have is doesn't measure up to whatever like uh, Instagrammable, beautiful imagery you've posted on your feed. And so, and the, and feeling like that, that sense of lack. And so, mm. you know, that speaks to the scarcity mindset situation, but that isn't necessarily um, that's not rooted in astrology that's this wider spread situation that goes on with anyone who is in the kind of like social media gig economy
0: yeah i dig it i dig it man so like the first thing that i guess i should have done actually before we started talking was to summarize the article um but it's interesting that the twitter uh you know the twitter kind of preoccupation by the author um does kind of make me think that maybe they just had a bad experience on Twitter per se and didn't necessarily kind of you know explore what options there were in other social media platforms um but the the main gist Well so this is-, is
2: actually a little a question that I have here because mm-hmm. Um, and for you, maybe, because I would like to know. Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons why I joined Twitter after mm. not having a Twitter for so long is because um, I've done like fairly well on my Instagram and YouTube and whatever. Right. And TikTok. And mostly that those platforms is me as an astrologer talking mm. to astrology enthusiasts, people who like think about astrology sometimes, but don't necessarily know what's going on. And then I joined Twitter in order to get into conversations with other professional astrologers or other people who are like, um, at the level of study that I'm at. And so, um, and I didn't find those things very much on Instagram or whatever. And so if not Twitter, mm-hmm. then where else does one go to find that kind of community? Do you think? Do I think? Astrology well, I mean,
1: conferences.
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Astrology. Conference. Live
1: events. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, face-to-face is important. Um, look, I mean, I joined Twi- uh, Twitter like in 2019 because I thought it would be another social media platform, Arrow, in my quiver, so to speak. Um, so the story with me is that I've been doing astrology for 20 years, um, charging people for readings and stuff, but it was I had a day job until about 2019, and then I decided to go full-time. And the first thing I did was like Google how to, what is astrology full time? Can I please be? You know, something along those lines, right? And the advice that I was getting was get onto social media and use that as the the sort of um, distribution point for your brand, get your brand out there via those channels, et cetera. So Twitter was part of the cavalcade of social media platforms that I was attempting to install myself on. Some of them have gone, well, Instagram's good for me, right? Facebook is not. Uh, YouTube is, right? There's a couple of different sort of feedback loops that I get from clients who find me through social media. And Twitter just never really gelled. Um, It's good to observe. I like to, you know, keep up to date on the feed. Um, But I can completely understand why, for instance, somebody who apparently, according to the article, has only had that, you know, exposure to Twitter or Astro Twitter or whatever it's called, coming away from it feeling a little bit sort of salty about what they've found, so to speak. Um, so the, the ins and outs of the article, like the nuts and bolts of it, I, you know, there are parts that I agree with, parts that I don't agree with, but the general thesis, you know, that the author's trying to kind of communicate here is that astrology has a scarcity mindset problem when the opposite is the case. They started out, you know, fresh, uh, you know, doe-eyed and wanting to kind of engage with, you know, the astrology community and decided to try and do that on Twitter and came away from it not necessarily finding what they were looking for. Um, And there's a couple of points that come up in the article that I think are really pertinent to the discussion I want to have with you guys, which is, you know, there's an assumption that if you're going to engage in an astrology community, you're going to find a room full of wizards, basically, or a room full of gurus, or you're going to find a community where everybody is, um, you know, very sort of enlightened and everything's groovy. Um, But, you know, the way that astrology works these days Um, That's really difficult to find because most people who present themselves as astrologers, they're doing so professionally and we're all kind of hooked into the capitalist nightmare. Hence, we're operating with the assumption that scarcity is built into our profession. The author does go on at the end of the article to say, not necessarily the case. Eight billion people on earth were in the age of air. The epochal shift has happened. It's up to us to push everything forward. But that first part where he's outlining or they're outlining the problem, um, that's something that I think is really quite interesting because they've kind of nosedived straight into Twitter and gone, Jesus Christ, what is this? and then come out of it with a bunch of critiques of the community that I think are really important, um, you know, and places like Discord as well. Just going back to your question, Samboni, like, the you know, Discord's quite good. Um, some of the less broad-based social media platforms where you're not necessarily connecting with strangers, you're, you're finding particular communities where there's a, a forum-type atmosphere, that's quite good. But maybe that's just me being old. I don't know. What do you reckon, Mel? What's your take on it?
1: Yeah, so I'm coming at it from a, a bit of a different perspective. So I've been on Twitter since 2009, I think, like early. Um, but it was, yeah, right? But it was as a um, as a writer. So I was really involved in my local freelance. Well, I was a freelance writer in wine and food, as you mentioned in my bio at the beginning. I wasn't doing, I wasn't talking about astrology mm-hmm. um, at the beginning. And so I had kind of found a little Twitter community and following of mainly like local chefs and food people and people who like food and wine and stuff so when I shifted to astrology um in we'll say yeah like 2019 to 20 um I basically just left twitter like I don't I I I mothballed it at the beginning of the pandemic Especially that was it for me. I was like, I'm done. I am not looking at this. This isn't healthy. Bye. So I just don't engage on Twitter. I kept my account open so I can look at it, especially now because Elon's changed it. So you can't even spy on it unless you have an account, right? So I'm glad I have an account, I guess. Um, But I don't engage anymore. And I really pulled back from everything. I deleted my Facebook a few years ago. And then I restarted it recently, grudgingly, because I thought I needed it. I don't think I do. Anyway, I don't do much on there. So I'm kind of in this weird state where... My astrology practice a- occurs because of my blog, because I write and I've always written and now I'm just writing about astrology and literally random people on the internet, Google things and find my blog and some of them book readings for me. And that's how I get my clients. And I'm cool with that, but I don't do astrology full time. So I I have the, um, honestly, the luxury of a day job, even though having a day job and trying to do this side hustle you know takes a lot of energy and I don't do nearly as much astrology as I want to but the good news about that is I don't have to depend on my astrology work to pay my bills so mm. if if I don't have a lot of clients for a little while it's okay um but yeah so I'm really at the I'm at the mercy and faiths of whoever googles me and likes what I've written and decides to take a chance on booking a reading with me so feels a bit I, I'm I don't think I'm very representative of like the astrology community but i do wonder how many people are doing it sort of part-time like me
0: yeah that's the thing mate i don't think that you're um not representative of the astrology community and you know when i first sort of um got in touch about appearing on the show i thought oh mel's full-time astrologer i just always i'd always known you as an astrologer right i hadn't Mm -hmm. known you as as a writer um but you know there's there's probably heaps you know, I know um, a couple of people who don't have to work, they're old, they're retirement age, older people, um, and this is their passion. That's what they're doing in retirement is uh, practicing full time or practicing sort of um, ad hoc, uh, something that they've wanted to do for the rest of you know, most of their their lives, so to speak. Um, and I imagine it gives you freedom as well to to have that kind of, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah, like I, I don't worry about my brand or my image. If anything, I completely mm-hmm. destroyed my brand and my image because who I, what I had built up was Mel Priestley, Edmonton food and wine writer. Mm-hmm. And then when I switched, so I went dark kind of over the pandemic. And then when I just started, you know, I, I do post some of my astrology work through the social media channels. Mm-hmm. I'm sure all of the people who used to follow me because they wanted my like hot local food takes or like, what the f- she's writing about what now? Mercury, retrograde what? like so I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure I've lost a lot of followers. I don't even care. I, I barely follow it, right? But um, yeah, so so and it was a big shift for me, and I'm, maybe there's some people who have followed me because they actually like both wine and astrology, but I'm not sure.
0: No, that's fair. I'm all, I'm all for destroying brands, right? I completely annihilated mine. I was an academic, basically <laughs> on track to be an academic philosopher. And they're, they're quite, mm. quite deeply in there with the materialist mindset. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, the the part of me that I'd sort of kept clandestine for quite a while came out. Thanks to Uranus. Yeah. We'll get into the astrology later, though, because yeah, for that's
1: me, weird. it was the Saturn Pluto in 2020. It was on my midheaven. So Ooh. then I was like, I can be a public astrologer. I did. I did worry about that though, mm. because of all these reasons, right? And my day job is very not. It's very, very. You know, I'm in the finance industry, so mm. I, I do know some people have googled me, and you, you see my blog. Like I come right up, so I'm sure they're. But again, I think they just go, oh, okay, she's kind of a weirdo, whatever. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's
0: more about does it even matter? You know what I mean? Like it's, these days, right? So so I mean, who yeah. Knows? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zimboni, like you, you're earning money from astrology. You've got a very stable, uh, sensible backup career in music, which is great, which I'm sure does wonders <laughs> for, your, <laughs> for your income security.
2: <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, st- the stable and secure is, is uh, the way that musicians live. Uh, don't you already know? Oh, yeah. It's accountants, um, lawyers, musicians
0: for stable careers, mate. You know,
2: there it is. You already know so um yeah well i mean like even in my bio you know what i mean like the the bio that you that i sent you that you read uh at the top there like i'm a professional weirdo and so i have always embraced that um you know like i i would have been committed to doing like sort of starving artist shit for a long time. And so I um, so I like, you know, I've worked in restaurants or like whatever, like kind of side jobs or whatever. But um, but yeah, I have been doing astrology. So I was working in uh, an herb shop. I also uh, studied herbalism uh, at the time that I was living in New York City. And I know New York City is like a funny place to study herbalism, but um, I feel like that there's like a, there's an angle there that is really resonant for our times, but that's a a whole different point. Um, So I was studying herbalism and so I um, was working in an herb shop for a while. So I had an herb shop job and I was uh, doing uh, gigs on the bass playing music and I had astrology and then the pandemic happened and I lost the store job and I lost the gig, uh, the, the music gigs. Mm. And so it turned into all astrology at that point. And, um, but for me, it was really interesting because at the same time that that happened, then, uh, George Floyd was tragically murdered by police. Mm. And so then in that moment, there was like a social media moment that had been going on. And I, so I, at that point, had already been doing uh, like daily and weekly astrology readings for maybe three and a half years by that point. So I was like regularly on that grind doing that already. And then in that moment, people started being like, oh, well, like, how come the only astrologers that are on my feet are white women? Like, maybe I should uh, branch out and find some black people. And so I made a couple of lists, like my favorite black astrologer is um like i made a a couple of those lists and so my social media following like quadrupled in the space of like four days or something like that it was wild and so but i had been already on the grind for doing forecasts and everything so all i had to do was continue what i was doing at that point and so it turned out that losing those two other jobs that i had had turned out okay because i could because i was already ready for my astrology close up as it were Mm,
0: yeah, for sure, man. So you know, I'm I'm full time right myself, right. So um, one of the things that I'm kind of I joke about destroying brands, but I think the brand is destroying brands for me, right. But still, there's um, an element where I have to kind of participate in a community. From the basis of professionalism rather than necessarily um, doing it for the love or you know doing it with the luxury of having some time to sit back and wait for the clients to come to me so i'm in there hustling with everybody else i most of my clients actually come from face to face Um, i live in a, a city called melbourne australia it's not an amazingly big place it's about maybe five six million people but um, I do a lot of my face-to-face work at markets, and I'm getting people in from there. And so there's not so much of an emphasis on the social media presence for me, although I still like to maintain it because it's great to hook, um, you know, a, a US client, a UK client, someone from elsewhere in Australia. But in the act of doing that, right? And I think this applies to all of us. In the act of doing that, you get introduced to the way in which capitalism and astrology have kind of intertwined which is there's a limited pool of clients who want to see you just for astrology as in you know my experience is first timers will come in curious about astrology repeat clients come in because they want to talk to me and astrology is the tool of the language that we use to have those conversations and so you're kind of you know you find yourself competing Um, Sometimes aggressively, sometimes not aggressively. It's all up to your personal style. And I think that the author of the article, right, um, observed this happening and observed the ways in which people, astrologers, are utilizing capitalism to get money because we all need to eat, we all need to put a roof over our heads, etc., And that's what they're recoiling from, the way in which that particular aspect of doing astrology these days is affecting people's behavior and sometimes turning them into assholes. Who knows, right? Um, So I'm just wondering, like, what's it like for for both of you in terms of the hustle, right? Um, You know, I'll start with Mel because, you know, as somebody who's not doing this full time, there's a little bit of like leeway there and wriggle room. But you still want to get clients, right? You still want to see people.
1: Yeah, so so, for starters, Melbourne being five to six million—that's a big city. <laughs> my city, is, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. big. Okay. That's big. Yeah, you said that, and I was like, Agreed. oh, that's huge. Isn't I live a, in, a, in a is a LA, town, like
0: twenty-five million people, or New York.
1: 50 uh, sure. Listen, I'm a little, little Canadian New York has here. eight million and, people.
0: Oh, okay. Eight million.
1: Wow. Okay, that's still huge. Um, my town, the metro area, is like a million. And that's like a big city. Uh, Anyway, yeah, but I'm in Canada, so we're we're, we're smaller. Anyway, um, so markets is interesting because I looked at doing markets here. Um, We have like a couple like witch market type thingies. Mm-hmm. And I all I was signed up for one, actually, and I, I pulled out last minute because um, I just didn't want to. Um, I also just felt like that wasn't really a great environment for doing like I was going to do like mini readings or something. And yeah, just to try to get, you know, hopefully hook some people interested so they would book a full reading with me after. Mm-hmm. But I decided I didn't want or need to do that. Um, if I was full time, I'm sure I would have done that. Um, but yeah, so again, this is why I've kept the day job. I'm I'm a Taurus rising and Cancer sun, and so I like stability and uh, you know uh, my home environment to be secure and stable. So. I'm going to keep the day job for the time being. I have no plans to go hundred percent full time um, with anything. And, and that's why I never did that with writing either. Mm-hmm. So people were always like, oh, Mel, why don't you go full time freelance? And I was like, are you kidding me? No, I'm going to I'll hate writing then. And that's I I was worried that the same thing would happen with astrology is I'll hate it or I'll just it'll feel like a grind. It'll feel like work instead of mm-hmm. still kind of and it can still feel like like a bit of a grind when you're like, Oh, I should write a blog article. But if I don't want to write a blog article, I don't have to, like I just don't have. To. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, But to answer your, your kind of question, I guess, about, about that. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's just why I, I haven't gone full-time and have no plans to, because it's, it's something shifts in your practice um, mm-hmm. fundamentally. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to do that with astrology. I want it to still be something that I, like um and sometimes distance from it and not having to do it every single day for eight hours a day because of whatever like you know that helps
0: yeah what have you observed shifting in, in practices that where people for instance that you've you've come across what's that observation that you've made
1: oh so sorry um in in my practice or just no, just
0: you know the, the the reticence for going full-time something will shift in your yeah. practice you don't necessarily want to do that what do you think that Yeah. Is?
1: Mm. For the, certainly the instability of a, of an unsteady paycheck that just mm-hmm. it terrifies me, honestly. And I, you know, I'm the the breadwinner for the family. So it's, I, I just feel like I can't take that chance. Um, and then I also wonder what will happen if I commodify, cause I, I do really think of astrology in spiritual terms. It's, it's a fundamental cor- cornerstone of, of my spirituality and who I am. And, yeah. um, and so I don't want to necessarily, um, go to the planets every day and say all right guys you got to deliver deliver me the goods and there's still there's a bit of that like it's a give and take fun fact though I've observed when things get really dry like if I haven't had a new client in a while a few weeks or even a couple months um, I'll give someone a free reading and I get a new client a paid client like immediately The last time I did this was a few weeks ago and someone, a random person booked paid reading while I was giving the free reading to someone. So anyway, I'm, I'm batting like an average of like, I've only done it like five or six times, but I mean, that's pretty good for you know like getting a new client every single time. So I feel like that charity aspect, I don't know, the, the the planetary spirit seemed to like that. So I also think that when you get into a scarcity mindset in general, and this is not just for astrology, but for everything um, it's, you get more scarce. Um, and I don't have this fully fleshed out. But I guess when I was constantly worrying about money, and and just thinking, oh, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, there wasn't enough, there was never enough. And getting shifting your mind. And now I sound like a bunch of new speak, like, just think rich, and you'll be rich. You know, <laughs> no, it takes hard work, too. But yeah, but there's something there, really, there is.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, I I really dig the whole, um, you know, when things are dry, you give away a reading, you get a reading back. Um, And, you know, the need for security is kind of ingrained in us. But I have a similar kind of approach and I have a theory, right? And I'm really keen to hear what you guys think about the theory, which is that as astrologers and particularly as astrologers who I think it's safe to say for all three of us, we're leaning heavily into the intersections of astrology and magic and spirituality, particularly Um, my experience has been that. We don't work in the same economy as everybody else. But if we try and work in the same economy as everybody else, it kind of turns to shit a little bit. Um, You know, so if I'm dry for a bit, then, yeah, I'll do the same thing. I'll give a discount or I'll give a free reading or I'll find people who I haven't sort of spoken to for a while and just been like, let's let's have a chat. And then somehow in an unrelated way, a a client will drop in. Um, There's also, you know, petitions. There's also keeping the daily planetary practice up to date and. As a result of that, you know, I started full time in 2019, then the pandemic happened and completely cooked me, Um, I was doing exclusively online for a while and, you know, I've had two kids in that time, and it's not like my partner is a neurosurgeon or, um, you know, a CEO, Uh, she's in an even less stable career than me, she's a dance teacher. You know, so there's a lot of uncertainty around um, around our household, and I'm a Taurus rising as well, Mel. I've got a huge Taurus steleum in the first house, so you would think that stability would be key. Um, But thinking about stability and thinking about the way in which it's all kind of worked out. Um, makes me sort of feel like astrologers operate in a different economy. And if we pretend that we're just kind of going into the marketplace figuratively or otherwise to sell our wares like any other merchant, that's sort of where our behaviour changes, is stepping too far into not necessarily capitalism, but just the way that the economy works. I'm assuming for Canada and United States as well as Australia, we're all Western democracies, so to speak. What do you guys think of that? Do you reckon we, we work in the same economy or do you think we work in some sort of strange otherworldly intersection of the two?
2: Well, I would hesitate to think that uh, spirits are not involved in the normie economy, you mm. know?
1: Oh, so- oh, they're they're super involved. The amount of sinks I see in my boring finance day job—it makes me laugh. Anyway. Really? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Spirits are everywhere. I mean, well, I'm an animist, so of course I think mm. that's yeah. anyway, yeah. it.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. So that's that's exactly my point. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know that we participate in a different economy. Also, so one thing that. um So one way that I have been sort of able to make a more steady paycheck out of this is so I've got like my freelance clients, the people who come through uh, my website and who find me uh, like on social media and stuff like this. Right. But then I also um, work on an app called Sanctuary where um, they take over half the money. And I do these like mini readings, um, that like the same kind of mini readings that you, Mel, were like, fuck that shit, right? Um, and so I, oh, I'm sorry, am I allowed to cuss on here? I, oh, fucking I no, forget. For yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good to go. All right. yeah, just, cool, cool. just go. All right. <laughs> <Dig> <laughs> complete freedom um, of speech cool. and
0: belief to go for it.
2: All that, all that. Yeah, I should. Your your brand is iconoclastic, right? So let's uh let's fucking do it. So. um <laughs> But yeah, so the so I work um, on this app. And so and I do these little uh, mini readings. So I will do like 5, 10 or 15 minute readings. Um, And so people come into the chat and it's it's a text based situation. So um, I I just type back and forth with people for a little while. And um, and so those are people. So again, the same way as like my TikTok is mostly aimed at people who don't necessarily speak astrological language. Um, Those are folks who are coming in like very entry level most times, you know, like a lot of them know their sun sign and don't know anything else. And so um, but, but they come in and they in five minutes want to know like uh, when they're going to meet their husband or something like this. Right. And so it's there. there's like a navigation of that that I have to do. But um, and so that puts me very much into the kind of like normy algorithmic uh, marketplace, you know, like I, I work on an app at a tech startup. You know what I mean? Like so it's it's very normal in that kind of way. And I often think about um integrity in that space because I feel very much like I am bound by my craft and by the spirits of the ancestors and this kind of thing to uh practice my craft in a way that feels like it is full of integrity even if i am in that algorithmic marketplace and so this frequently comes into a place where um like i'm i'm giving answers to people that they don't like and and this kind of thing you know it's like it's clear that they want me to say that they're going to meet their husband in two days And like it, that's, that's not how this works. You know what I mean? You have Saturn on your uh,
1: descendant. You're not going to meet your husband. (laughs) I was just about
2: to say that. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Or ruling the descendant, all of that. Right. So like, it's just a whole, it's frequently, and honestly it's like, it's like herbalism in that, like if you've come to an astrologer about this, it's because shit's not working for you and you have exhausted all of your other options. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, that's like a, the, so I feel very much like I am participating in a normal style uh, economy and all of the prayers that I do and all the rest of it. Like this is standard issue as far as I'm concerned, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't
1: actually I don't think there's a separate economy. I, I think it's all one like for everything. So, yeah, there's different, I guess, nuances to astrology, but we're we're part of Yeah, We all have the same bills, you know, it's we're all, you know yeah mm-hmm. so i don't think it is a separate economy at all mm. um the mini readings are interesting so i thought about uh, like i thought about offering those at like a marketplace i thought i thought about offering them on through my blog like you know give people a teaser good and bad through an app i think you're probably getting the best and the worst experience of that because i guess it's over in 5 minutes right so you know even if it was a disaster here <laughs> it's it's over quick but um but yeah you are you are you might as well be working at well i don't know what the analogy would be but like uber like delivering food or something like it's very much a game based it's like it's, like it's a, modeled a on yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah so um i love that you have the integrity with it because as you were talking i was thinking man it'd be so easy to just be like you're totally gonna meet your twin flame in five days and i'm sure there's people on there who do that you don't obviously because you take this seriously and you know it. it's it, the magic and the spiritual component of it you know that if you i'm sure like if you started doing that shit like it would backfire badly um the spirits are not gonna like that personally that's my take Definitely anyway not. i feel like if yeah but but i'm sure there's some people who do that like you could right yeah yeah it's all good man yeah
0: yeah i've never fucked sure. around and found out about that um
1: given the only integrity i care
0: about is maintaining like the professional integrity the integrity relative to yeah. the craft and and you know mm. The spirits that I'm working with. So I've never really pushed it to see if it's going to work or not. But it's like I I did the same thing for a while, Zenbony. I was working for a a company called Life Reader. And that was mainly tarot, not astrology. Um, And, you know, I I do tarot as well as astrology. And that's the bulk of the business that I'm getting at markets because most people are familiar with the cards as opposed to a chart Mm -hmm. on an iPad that you can show them. Um, but at the same time, like I, I I dig the whole, yeah, it's not separate economies because I'd never thought about the gig economy and the way that that just is the way the world is these days. Like how everybody is freelancing. everybody is is doing x,
2: y or Z. Um it's been- yeah Uber is a really great example of that. yeah, you know, like yeah. the and and I feel like Uber is kind of like the model for everything at mm. this point. like if, if it's if it's going to go through the tech startup model, or like way of reaching people, right? If it's going to go through an app, then it's going to more or less follow the, the idea of like, there's this like overarching umbrella company that then sort of like employs, um, like freelance contractors or whatever and like finds mm-hmm. ways to like skirt around paying taxes and this kind of thing. Like that's like the model. That's what we do in, in the gig economy in the free, the freelance space
0: yeah that's really i mean the last full-time gig that i had um taurus rising is again mel i was in the finance industry and insurance um and that was incredibly stayed and there was leave and there were entitlements um you know insurance isn't an issue in australia like canada but we had a lot of really good perks right and every fortnight that money would come in whether i gave a shit or not and um you know that was sort of the way it was but i never sort of compared the astrology community with the rest of the world as it appears these days in 2023 where everybody is just basically operating within a scarcity mindset sort of because gig economy sets you up to go i got to stay logged yeah. in I've got to stay like hustling i got to stay open for clients right I got 24-hour availability on Fridays which is when I see clients via Zoom because I got to grab. I got to grab whoever's coming in. And if someone in the UK wants to see me at 3 a.m. my time, who am I to say no? It's money, right? And so getting that into your head and sort of operating within that makes me kind of question whether or not astrologers operate in another economy. But I guess you guys are right. We actually just operate in the economy, and that's just how it looks these days.
2: I wonder though if that is a mindset of scarcity because one thing that is that i find through working in the like app space and the internet and the wider internet where all of the strangers are available like that's a lot of people exactly you know yeah like that's i i feel like i i'm like not super concerned about re- like their readings are gonna come in. They're they're gonna stay in these bullshit situationships with dudes that won't text them back. You know what I mean? And they're gonna oh, want yeah. some. They're they're gonna want some advice about that, or they're gonna want to see what's going on. They're gonna want some context around that. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's a there's a certain amount of like abundance in that that's so built Zamboni, in. You know,
1: how many clients on average? I'm sure it varies, but do you think you get a week? You know, coming through the apps and stuff.
2: A week? Oh, um, let's see. So it's, uh, in a month, it's usually around 150. So wow. four d- divide that by four, and that's what, like 35 or something like this. Hmm.
1: That's tons. Wow. Okay. So to put it's this a lot. in context, yeah. that's a ton. Yeah. Like I get like one to three clients a month.
0: Okay. Right. right.
1: But, I, but again, part-time, this isn't my main income by any means. Um, and I don't do hardly any social media engagement so i'm not exactly putting myself out there like come get a reading from me right so i feel like one to three a month and that's a full paid reading right like so an hour hour and a half long and and, you know a
2: couple hundred Mm -hmm. bucks
1: so i think that's pretty good for someone who's not going out there all the time but i have to say i am most definitely as as Mm -hmm. i've yeah as i've progressed i've kind of just um I'm doing more like, 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 like not conferences, but lectures. Eventually I'll probably like to speak at some conferences. So my, my practice is kind of going in that direction as opposed to really focusing on client work. I think I'll always have a client practice, but it's never going to be a full time, I think. But yeah, wow, well, 150 a month is that's, that doesn't sound scarce to me. Um, <laughs> right. So, that's the thing. Like, that's crazy. That's the thing.
2: You know. and that's part of why I do it also is because um, I heard one time at, at the beginning of my astrology career um, I heard about Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours and I wanted to do I heard about that like that that if you put 10,000 hours into your craft then you will become a master at that craft and so I wanted to become a master at the craft of reading the stars and so I wanted to read 10,000 charts. And so the only way to do that is to just get up there and swing that fucking bat a bunch of times. And so in this like six years or whatever that I've been doing it, I, I've gotten up to uh, like just shy of around 9000 readings. And mm-hmm. so um, and so the like quantity is important to me. You know, like I want to do a whole bunch of readings, even if they kind of suck sometimes. Like, I'm okay with that because I'm learning how to do the thing.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, grinding them out is really important. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. having the luxury to um, allow those clients that are coming in to be quality as well, because you're sort of fresh. And, you know, if I was doing three readings a month, for instance, like you, Mel, the way that I'd be kind of going into it would be um, probably much more prepared, right? I do about half an hour, an hour of prep before I see a client these days. Yep. Same,
1: same, um, yeah.
0: But I, I would have had like enough time in between clients to muse about certain things. And if those clients have given me their details beforehand, let's just say they booked two or three weeks before the appointment and I know that I'm dealing with a Sag, with an Aquarius rising, et cetera, I'd be sort of musing and letting that go in the back processes a bit about what kind of way I would approach that particular interaction. Um, For me, it's client work. I love client work. I love talking to people. Um, Like I'm endlessly fascinated. Like Zamboni, you fascinated me today because I'm like, all right, this guy's like Scorpio, Cancer rising, moon in the first decade of Aquarius. Uh, stop me if I'm wrong, right? And I'm like, how is this guy going right. to present? How's this guy going to present? How am I going to interact with him? How's this going to be a good match and a good pairing and a good alchemical wedding, so to speak, potentially? I'm not proposing, mate. Mel, you know, Taurus rising, Cancer sun, Taurus rising like me, but midheaven Capricorn if 2020 was Capricorn. on the Yeah, right. Yep. That's interesting, northern latitude, uh, nativities, right? So there's that kind of, this is the, the thing that I'm focusing on. Anyway, that's a, that's a tangent, right? But I love that interaction of client work. But one of the things that I dig um, about both approaches is, yeah, you got to grind it out in order to get the skill and experience. But if you're constantly thinking, for instance, that um, you got to grind out as much as you possibly can for whatever reason, paying the bills or upskilling or what have you, then that's not necessarily going to jive with the traditional idea of what an astrologer is because the author of the article is like, I expected, you know, everybody to be enlightened and everything's groovy, but instead I came into Twitter, which is, okay, that's coloured the observation a little bit and biased the data, but he's. it seems to me that they've kind of emerged into a space and observed a community which is having to kind of deal with working in a gig economy not necessarily a separate economy but just the way that the economy works and that's coloring how an astrologer does their work these days what do you guys reckon about that there was no questioning oh. it was more an observation
1: <laughs> <laughs> so one thing i was thinking is um so like what is an astrologer and we could mm-hmm. talk about that and really navel gaze i guess but i was thinking do we think we're priests and priestesses of the stars. I mean, sure, I want to think of myself that way, but it's also a job, right? And I'm sure there's a lot of astrologers who don't think of that at all. Like I I, I do wonder, um, and of the, especially the local astrologers I've met, like some of them, certainly they have some spiritual practices, but much less than I was maybe hoping for, especially, you know, with the group here, I think we're all magic and, and spirituality nerds and we have a pretty robust personal practice but um I don't get that from a lot of the people I've met um firsthand and it's a small group really but um yeah it's it's, it was a lot less like I I totally resonate with what the author of this article said at the beginning like they were like "Uh, the stars are amazing our our fates are mapped out like let's have these amazing philosophical conversations like walking under the trees like in ancient Rome and then you you're on twitter so that's not the situation at all and but even when i've met astrologers in person that that's not the conversations either we're not like Mm. having these deep conversations about i don't know i'm trying to think of a some some obscure technique i get that a little bit on discord like in a private curated community right Mm. so that really feeds my need to talk to other astrologers kind of on the same level um but i think that's in general, the way the world's going with communities is that to find a community of peers that you can exchange ideas with at your level, it is going to need to be a fragmented little hidden corner of the internet mm. um, that's a bit gate kept because you can't have it in the public sphere because you'll get a million bots and other a-holes and trolls coming in who are just going to kind of wreck the party. So even if you were engaging with someone on Twitter and having a good conversation, all it takes is one troll to come in and just like shoot you all down or whatever. Right. And I, for me, I would just get so triggered and bothered. Like if someone like attacked me and I, so I just, that's why I left. Right. Like, and especially for the pandemic, I was like, well, I'm not doing this. So um, yeah. So I don't know what my point was either. There was no point. I'm just rambling.
0: No, no, not at all. No, I think that's um, when you think about it, right, you have this idea like a lot of people I did as well before I started engaging in the astrology community just locally in Australia in the early 2000s. I had this wonderful notion, much like I did about academic philosophy we'd all just be in the agora in our togas talking about you know the yeah. nature of love and all the rest um but when you think about it like i'm you know over 40 now so i've got some measure of retrospective on the way in which my mindset around astrology formed um i didn't take into account that a lot of people in rome and greece had slaves that paid for them to sit around doing fuck all and talk about like astrology yeah You know what I mean? I didn't realise that a lot of the court astrologers were patronised by the king or queen and 100% were going to tell them everything they wanted to hear um, to sort of extend the time between the reading and when their heads got chopped off. Um, You know, even into the Middle Ages and a lot of the Massilio Ficino stuff, Florence under the Medici's, that relied on patronage, that relied on having, in most cases, a day job. You know, if we get into, you know, Victorian times, the Industrial Revolution, the early 20th century and onwards, a lot of the astrologers that were contributing eventually to the body of knowledge that we've inherited had day jobs or they were independently wealthy or they were doing something other than astrology to kind of keep, um, you know, the wolves from the door, so to speak. Um, there's, I guess there's a lot of that as well, right? Um, maybe this just is what astrologers are these days, right? A, a combination of people who have the luxury of not relying on readings to pay the bills, um, people who have chosen to do this full time, like myself and Zamboni, and so we need money coming in through some way and people who don't read for um, other people and charge money either by choice or because they're not quite ready to do so yet or what have you. Um, There's a democratisation of knowledge we've inherited a lot through the internet. Um, We're mainly talking about the internet today, so we have access to all of this stuff. There's no gates to be kept, so to speak. And I guess, you know, the thing that we're not is magical wizard lords who live in another dimension where clouds and wind chimes and chakras are the order of the day, right? Um, we're just people trying to kind of do our jobs, so to speak, and there's a practical element to that,
2: yeah. You know, I don't really <laughs> feel like I would want that. You wouldn't. don't
1: like, I don't know that court, I would court astrologer, sounds like a nightmare job, yeah. Like,
2: definitely, I would not. hate
1: that. Oh my God. Yeah. You're one bad reading away from, yeah. head chopped off. Like you said, right. Matt, like you're done. Right.
2: Very high stakes, very high stakes. I've heard people uh, talk about like wanting to do astrology at a high corporate level. And that's all I think about is like, yeah, this is, this is a lot of stakes right now. I don't, I don't think that I have all this in me, but like, yeah. um, but even the sense of like um, you know, we are all, enlightened hanging out in the clouds and wizards yeah. and all this sort of stuff like i don't necessarily think that that is um a place where i would want to spend a lot of my time mm. um i think that it there's like a kind of so i think one thing that thinking about astrology in the marketplace i i think it a question that comes up is what is astrology good for Right. And so when it when you say something like astrology works, it's like, okay, cool works at what does what thing? So I think and and what about that is marketable or saleable? Right. And so to my mind, astrology is really good for knowing what time it is. And so how useful is it to know what time it is? Well, as we move into the age of air, then having good intel having good information in the information age is pretty valuable right it's valuable in a way that might not have seemed quite so valuable in 1902 or something like that right like when we were deep in the age of uh, earth then maybe having that kind of information might not have seemed quite so um, valuable at that time, but now in the information age, we are here in the on the internet, able to have conversation, able to exchange information and ideas across continents, across whole oceans. Like there, there's something valuable about having and being able to understand information in a way that might not have been quite so valuable in the time of the Rockefellers or something like this, right? And so as we think about what uh at like the gig economy and the economy in general like it's I feel like it's important for us to remember what about our craft is valuable at all to ourselves and to other people so like the fact that I can uh make prayers to the the uh planetary spheres and stuff like that like i do do that and i make talismans and all this sort of stuff but like that doesn't mean that that is going to be my saleable craft like i have a gang of talismans i don't sell any of them that's not what i make them for i make them to have them i make them to keep up my relationships with those planetary spheres i don't make them because i want to be uh, a super badass caitlyn coppix so- Type, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't want to do what she or like even fucking uh, Dragonstone, right? Oh. Like I don't. Like you, you got some like high, high quality. I mean, I'm look, I'm ready for mine. Oh, I, my budget is not together man. right now, <laughs> but but I'm, they look gorgeous, and Excellent. um, and so like I don't necessarily. But even though I participate in that craft, that's not going to be the thing that I end up selling right Mm -hmm. and so if we're going to be astrologers who are thinking about what good astrology is in in the marketplace then it's good for us to think about what exactly are we selling and why would other people want to buy that thing
0: yeah well i think we're selling um data interpretation like the data the data is freely available you can go to ten thousand websites and get the data Right. Your list of figures, your mm-hmm. squiggles on a page. But what we're doing is we're selling the interpretation of the data. And if if that comes out as a marketable product that looks like, um, for instance, this is what time it is, right? This is a good time for this. This is a bad time for that. You know, that's one way in which you can position yourself in a marketplace. For me, the way that I kind of cook the data and interpret the data and play with it is you know, to approach astrology as being good for constructing narratives that are useful. Um, And that's not just because my academic background is in post-structuralism, so I think that narrative is kind of everything. Um, It's more that the way that I work with clients, right, one-to-one, is we're talking about narratives. We're talking about a person's story and how that story is going to kind of augment itself, change, thicken, there'll be plot twists, new antagonists, things like that. It takes a little bit of a story-based vibe for me personally. But again, what we're both talking about is, you know, this is what time it is and this is what a story looks like. Astrology as a tool is kind of what it ends up being for me with regular clients that have been seeing me for years. They come back and the astrology is simply the language that we're using to tell a story or talk about a story. Um, And often with prognostics, which... For me personally and my practice in the past decade has gotten much sharper thanks to the revival of medieval and hellenistic stuff um you know that's what time it is but that's part of the story so to speak like what what do you think astrology is good for mel like what's it what is it for you that's good about astrology as a tool so to speak
1: well yeah everything you guys just said um making making sense right like finding some way of making sense of why things happen and, and and that's essentially why a client comes to you like why like why is this happening? why am I like this you know why did this ha- you know all of that right so it, it answers that why question I think um in very profound ways um and you know hindsight, with astrology with you too is better than 2020 it's like 2040 vision right of course we can all look back and say yeah okay look at look at the map of the planets and and how that all went and of course the key is to try to get that in the future which is hit or miss honestly um but yeah like oh i've just lost it what was i gonna say darn it Hmm.
0: that's okay i was trying to get this before the station so maybe mercury's slowing down (laughs) A little bit on no,
1: fuzzy myself. No, man. he's he has, and I've definitely noticed that. Actually, I had some. I had two people ask me today, like, "Yo, what's up with Mercury?" And I was like, "He's in Virgo, and he's about to station." Um. Anyway, yeah. So, so someone else better go because I just lost my uh, my train of thought.
0: That's cool, man. Um. Look, I, I guess the the thing was, what what is astrology good for? As in, how can you position it in a marketplace? And I think we've had. Um, as a community, as a profession, probably a good decade of ramping up, right? Where everything's ramped up, astrology's become, I hate to say it, hot right now. You know what I mean? So there's been a lot of interest and a rise in popularity, and a lot of that is going to stay. You know, we've had the new intake of people into astrology that they had in the 60s with the Pluto and Leo generation. I think we've had the same thing happen recently. Um, but, you know, that moment is going to pass. And you know, once the, the market kind of moves on and once people sort of not, they're not necessarily in love with astrology per se, but they've had enough of a rudimentary, even by osmosis, education in what, you know, an ascendant is a moon sign a bit, whatever, all the rest of the planets. Um, they're still going to be searching for wisdom. They're still going to be searching for meaning and they're still going to be asking the perennial question, which is why. And I guess when it comes to, you know, people coming to you for for help. I I feel like we're going to get into a situation where there'll be. Um, I got to call Mel Priestley. Like Mel Priestley is the one I need that Mel Priestley vibe for this particular problem, or I need to know what fucking time it is. Get me Zamboni funk now. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be the sort of. Um, it's the personal brand, I think, basically. And when we think about the astrologers that we're aware of as big names, even from the past, all the way back to like Firmicus, they were doing other shit as well. Like we just know their astrology output, you know, we just know them um, in their astrological sort of like, you know, guises, so to speak, when they've got that kind of mask on. But they were doing other stuff as well. And I think that maybe what we're witnessing in terms of the issue that the author has with the article around scarcity and how that turns people into the opposite of what he was expecting or they were expecting, um, you know, that's what we're kind of dealing with at the moment is the way in which the market has kind of turned its gaze on us like the eye of Sauron. And pretty soon that's going to go elsewhere. We're going to sort of end up with, I guess, the people that are into it and that's it, not many more newbies coming in.
1: I remember what I was going to say, Great. AI is not going to destroy us. This is no. why. <laughs> Um, So honestly, and this is true for everyone, anyone who's freaking about out about AI, um, particularly with their job, I think find a new job then, honestly, if you truly think that a robot will replace you. But I honestly just don't think that they can or will. Um, and the whole ai oh we're gonna lo- especially as astrologers i'm like there have been canned reports that you can run for like what 20 years as yeah. long as the internet's existed you could run a report and it spits out your moon is here and it means this your venus is here and it means this and so i mean that's not ai per se but it's you know it's a robot giving you something um and that's you know that's always been there um so i i personally am not i don't care about ai like it's fascinating um and we're certainly going to see more of it but i'm not threatened by it as an astrologer like if you are satisfied with an ai interpretation of your chart fine great good for you you don't need me but i think a lot of people will need someone on the other end to 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 provide that for them so yeah um and again a very common if,
2: question if, i get oh i'm sorry Mm
1: -hmm. no go Uh, ahead go ahead please
2: oh well a very common question I get from client is okay so what does that mean for me you know so like you Mm -hmm. can say like Mm -hmm. okay so you've got the moon in this position Mm -hmm. and you can even delineate it a little bit and they'll be like okay but like I'm yeah what does this mean for me right now you know what I mean and so I, I totally agree that like a person to speak to a person's situation is gonna is endlessly necessary
1: Hmm. yeah maybe even more so with with all the ai everywhere like we're all we're gonna all be talking to robots and, and it's just gonna be like ai is just gonna be through everything so having like a person-to-person connection is gonna be like a thing you really want more so than anything else like there's almost like a niche so the other day i actually thought uh, i'm not gonna do this yet but when i on my blog um i wrote an article and then i was just looking at my home page and i was like should i put a note on here being like no AI was used to create any of the content on Ah. this blog. And then I was like, no, you know what? If it's not obvious that a human wrote this, I'm doing something wrong. And then fun fact, an hour later, thanks, Instagram is like how to make your content or like how to not sound like chat GPT. And I was like, wait, so we actually have to learn to sound like human? That says something about marketing. I'm getting on a tangent, but like it was like sort of a marketing account that was like how to not sound like a robot. And I was just like, if you sound like a robot, then you're doing it wrong. Like, yikes.
0: Mm. Yeah, man. Like there's, um, it's a very interesting time. I think that really astrology is just going to become an excuse to talk to another person. Um, do you know what I mean? Because like if I go and see a healer, right. If I go and see a, a, a healer or an astrologer or a tarot reader, Um, it's an excuse to spend time around that person, right, because that person is Mm -hmm. Mm oracular, yeah? So if I'm not feeling the best, I'll go and see, I don't know, Zamboni, and Zamboni will look at my chart and go, oh, you've got a solar deficiency, mate, you need some dandelion. All of these things that you're synthesising through your lived experience and professional experience um, will address the problem. But the thing is, it's an excuse to just basically talk to the person, the person behind the figures and what have you, because I get it all the time, right? What does moon in the eighth house mean for me? I know it's wonderful that you've said that. It's a lovely little glyph on a, on a circular graph that you've showed me that I've seen maybe three times in my life. Um, but tell me what it means to me. And then, you know, the medium becomes the kind of message, not to get all Marshall McLuhan about it, but you become the medium basically. Like it's about you as the particular conduit with that particular style and flavour that people are going to be after. Same goes for you too, Mel. Like I need to kind of get someone who's going to take it um, at a granular level and really sort of analyse and synthesise and give me something that's pertinent and important and make it make sense. You know, so the astrology is an excuse. I just want Mel to make sense of this
2: for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one
1: definitely. thing,
2: one thing that you mentioned before is the data analytics component of it. Right. And so if we are moving into a, the a, an era of more information than you know what to do with, then it is helpful to have people who can take the big picture, like the, you know, I, as someone who has done all of these readings and I typically do them in 10 minutes or less, then the, it's very important for me to take all of the, like a chart is going to show you a person's whole goddamn life. That's mm-hmm. too much information. And so what you, so what I need to do is immediately take pieces, I, I need to take everything out and make sure that I only pay attention to what is pertinent to this person in this moment, right? And so there's something that is really important in this moment of like all of the AI text coming at you and all of the AI imagery that's coming at you and maybe some of it, there's human text and human imagery also coming through. And like, I I don't know how to make sense of all of this information. Like having a person who knows how to turn the faucet down And make sure that we only pay attention to the right bits of the information that it's coming in. That is a very strong marketable skill. And I think that it's something that we astrologers um, cultivate on a regular basis
0: yeah i mean most of the time an hour reading with a client for astrology will be you know it'll fall into a number of categories it's either going to be a Saturn conversation um or it's going to be like a very sort of almost a really awesome jupiter transit conversation those are the best you know because it's like oh gray skies are going to clear up mate you know like put on a happy face Um, Or it's going to be a Venus conversation. And so you spend most of your time talking about the transiting position of Saturn, like particularly with someone who pops up. I'm 29. Life is hard. Well, I've got news for you, mate. Like it's going to be hard for the next couple of years and here's why. And then you start sort of embodying what Saturn is. Um, You know, that's something that I don't think that an AI could even learn, even by examining 10,000 chat transcripts, 10 million chat uh, transcripts from apps um, like the one you, you work for or the one that I used to work for. Um, They can learn the behaviours, they can learn the probabilities, but the way in which just observing the chart and having the chart be in itself an oracle, um, you kind of know ahead of time with this person, with their transits, even by a brief look, that you're going to have to condense not only the entire balance sheet, um, but right down to even the sentence that you've got an hour to unpack slowly with somebody. Um, often that's a portal into the biggest sort of picture in terms of how the rest of their chart relates particularly if that particular planet that's causing an issue is connected by transit or perfection or it's activated but you can't teach an ai how to do that you have to kind of be um, a particularly well honed conduit so to speak um, but it fucking takes time it takes so much time thousand hours minimum right like you know
2: Yeah, not maximum at all. Right. 10,000 hours is when you begin like actually doing the craft. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I think about a lot with uh, when it comes to like competition with other astrologers, not necessarily competition with machines, but competitions with uh, people who practice the craft is um, I think one of the things that at least sets me apart and that I sort of like uh, sort of go toward that's like my niche or whatever is that you know that i try not to get too wild and philosophical with it and i try not to i i don't use a lot of like uh super fancy techniques like for dario or zodiacal releasing or any of this kind of stuff you know what i mean like um i always coming back to like okay what does that mean for me Right. I'm, I've got somebody who's 19 years old sitting in front of me who like r- who's going through a breakup or something like this. Like that person is not trying to hear all about stoicism or Aurelius yeah. <laughs> or like any of this sort of shit. Right. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, what does this mean for me right now? And mm-hmm. so yeah. being able to tell a story in a way that is relatable on a basic human level that doesn't necessarily have to spend all this time like getting religious or spiritual or like uh, any of that sort of like fancy stuff that like I really like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'll i sing some Orphic hymns or whatever it is, but like that's not for everyone and it doesn't need to be for everyone in the way that like everyone deals with partnership issues and stuff like this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%, man. It's, um, it's interesting. I do a lot of the technique stuff behind the scenes. So I'll look at a couple of different mm-hmm. things. Look at transits, first of all. I'm like, oh, this this person's 29 or 28, so they're doing the Saturn return thing by the looks of things. Let me see if Saturn's prominent in their chart. Oh, yeah, look, it's in the 10th house. It's close to their midheaven natally. That's what they're going through. Um, but, you know, often it takes a little bit more sort of investigation to really narrow down exactly what could be causing the biggest stresses. Um, And that's not with the intention of appearing like some sort of magic man when they walk into the room and you nail what they're there for. Um, It's more so just to kind of load up some possibilities, do the pre-work so that you can focus on the person in front of you when you're in in the session, when you're in the consultation with them. and that's also another thing, too, that might feed into the sort of cognitive dissonance that the author of the article was talking about, which is that quite often, if you really nail it, you appear like some sort of god figure to, to clients who come to you. Like, you're not a dentist, you're not magically making the, you know, the the toothache disappear. You're someone who's there to be engaged on issues of great importance to their lives, right, to your clients' lives, like love and loss and death and all of the different things that happen. And if you manage to use the science and the craft and the art right, um, then they have this impression that you just know everything. And that's, for me personally, it's always been a great temptation, you know, that I've had to kind of avoid, which is stepping into the all-knowing guru kind of archetype. Um, But some people don't. Some people just give in to the temptation and then obviously you get the egotism that the author was talking about as well. Um, I think he used the term magistitus. Which is, you know, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So the the guru and so thinking about competition with other astrologers and the the guru type thing, and um, maybe because astrology is having a moment, right? Like, you know, there's there's so many more astrologers now, and because we're all online, it, you know, Matt, you're in Australia. I n- I would not have known you forty years ago, right? Probably unless oh, you went yeah. to Canada for a conference, right? um so the so it seems like and this is just a broader thing um everything that's happening anywhere in the world feels like it's happening to you if you're paying attention to it right um so the astrology community does feel global at this point because we can all hop online and we can hear voices from across the globe good and bad right um so in many ways the competition aspect of astrology you're now competing with everyone. You're competing with Stephen Forrest and and Chris Brennan and Caitlin Coppick and all of the huge names in, in astrology. Or are you? Because again, you come back to your local sphere and I'm like, well, okay, sure. There's only going to ever be in any field, a couple of the people who are at the very top, right? It doesn't mean that you can't have a fulfilling and wonderful career uh in doing all of this. And so I think it's a it's a bit of a newbie thing. Like when you get into, I think any field you, um, especially insecurity and you feel like jealous or um, you know, the competition and and you want to, you want to make a name for yourself and social media gives us these great avenues to like fight with people to like try to prove that you know more than them. And so I think that's a lot of what the person in this, this article has been observing. Um, But I will say from just like commentary on my local group. So, so for me, like my astrology community, if I think about it, there's the, Band of merry weirdos that I talk to on Discord. I don't really look at the social media stuff. And then there's the local astrologers. So I did join my astrology group and I'm part of the like executive committee on that. And um, I have heard all sorts of stories over the 40 some years that it's been running. It's been, been around since the 70s, older than I am. And um, yeah, it was not great in many ways. Like, obviously, the They're all still around and um, the the group has stayed together, which is something, but, um, and not to, not to cast aspersions, especially of the dead, but the founder of that group really did use it as sort of a stable for her own students and clients. And she kind of guarded that very tightly. Um, And so for better and for worse, right? Like there, I'm sure there was other astrologers and there has been some that prop popped up around a lot of her students quite frankly um but that that was so yeah so that so that was an aspect of I think competition especially back in the day when it was there was no internet so you were really competing against the people in your in your own hometown um and so if you became a name then you were really like some people felt anyway that they had to defend their turf right so I think think what i'm getting at is that that still happens on both a local and a macro level but it does seem like we're mostly just seeing it on a macro level now because you you do seem like you're competing with like literally everyone on the earth who does astrology at this point in time uh and again i don't going back to the scarcity thing i do not think that it has to be that way because um there's enough to go around there's enough curious people even if they get one reading in their life and that's it Mm. you know there's enough people who will come your way and, and you can make a fulfilling career of it but again it depends on your your goals because do you want to be the all-powerful top astrologer in the world some people probably do they're like i want to be the next stephen forrest or i want to be the next chris brennan and that's that's going to do things to your mind and the way you interact with people i think Um, and that's maybe what's driving some of the worst behaviors that that was observed in this article
2: yeah, and
0: no, I think I think you've nailed it, mate. I, I think there's that, the way in which it feels like such a small space, the community does drive those competitive behaviours. And I don't think I'm competing against Chris Brennan. I don't think I'm competing against Caitlin Coppock. Um, You know, I just, I, I don't have the time or the inclination. Um, but a lot, it's so easy to think that you are. Because that's all you see, and particularly if they get prompted by the algorithm, they're all the way up the top, they've got excellent social media strategies, excellent publicists, PR people, you know, they've all got a kind of stable of things that your average celebrity would have working for them. And the brand is, you know, the humble bookish astrologer or, you know, the powerful mage, kind of off in her tower or in his library kind of just fluffing around with stuffy books and then sort of sharing thoughts and insights. Um, it would be easy to kind of think that, oh, dear, this person is so much like me, so relatable, so sort of parasocial in terms of the relationship I'm building with them through social media that I don't stand a chance in hell. Hence, I've got to get really, really nasty in order to stake a claim or or carve out a niche. Um, But I really dig that line though. Are you competing with them? Are you really competing with them? I think that's really cool, man. It's made me change the way I think about it. I feel like
2: one of the things that we're looking at here, like I don't think either of those people, Chris Brennan or Caitlin Kopic, even do readings at this point. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Chris Brennan, puts people on Mm -hmm. and so if you're interested in astrology and can handle a four-hour lecture about zodiacal releasing or whatever like Mm -hmm. then um you and then he has you on the show then Those people who are ready to engage in that space, then they might go toward you. But like those people are not getting a reading from Chris Brennan at this point. Those people are not getting readings from Caitlin copic or um, I don't even know if Stephen Forrest is doing readings anymore at this point. Isn't he like Um, 500 years old? He's gonna be pretty
1: old. (laughs) (laughs) He's gotta be in his 80s. But there's a lot over here. (laughs) I was on his mailing list for a little while until I unslept. Um, but I remember and it, it did seem kind of braggy, but I don't think he intended it that way. But he said something, this is maybe in 2021, like he was booked four years out. Yeah. And he even commented like right. he might die before like he'll he'll just be an endless right. client until he until he dies because he's worse So you know, great, good good gig if you can get it. I guess if that's what you want. To be honest, tying myself down and doing like I don't know five readings a day for people i mean zamboni you're doing way more than that sometimes but um that's just not that's not what i want but some people do and great but um yeah so
2: yeah well so that's that's sort of like so he's off the market you know what i mean like don't try to get on stephen Forrest's waiting list if you want if you actually want to get a reading like that's not where you're gonna go right yeah. and so that it really opens up a lot of niches and the as astrology has this moment in popular culture across the anglosphere then there's more and more interest in getting a reading and so as there's more and more interest in getting a reading and people's books fill up and whatnot then like there's there's pickings for all of us you know Mm -hmm. like i don't necessarily know if um Like, so social media can very much turn into a winner take all kind of situation. Right. So. um, So if what you want to do is you want to have an astrology podcast where you um, where you like break down how to do astrology, then like you're going to have a tough time competing with Chris Brennan. Right. He's got that. He's got that shit down. But if what you wanna do is give readings to people on a one-on-one basis, you wanna help them to make meaning in their lives and this kind of thing, then Chris Brennan has left that lane open to you. There's a whole ass lane for you to do your thing, whatever that looks like. And so um, there's, and as interest is burgeoning and growing further and further, there is more, there's more slices for us to take up, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree, although I also get a bit nervous thinking about the popularity of it. Um, Like I don't, I, I kind of like that it's still in the margins like for, as far as like say esoterica woo i hate that word but whatever it's useful the woo the new age type of community goes astrology is like one of the most if not the most mainstream things um i would argue anyway like everyone knows their sign. thank you to all the sign columnists over the years in the paper for decades um but with with all that notoriety comes um Different pressures, and I'm not really, I don't really want some of the things that will come. Like, I think so, just to, you know, since we're on this topic, Chris Brennan, I think he really wants to legitimize astrology. I think one of his like deep mm-hmm. motives that comes across to me is he wants this to be like a legit profession that you can do and it's respected by like everyone, and that we don't have to defend ourselves from skeptics or even like just have people completely dismiss us because it's a pseudoscience and we figured that out, you know, so what are you talking about? Um, I don't necessarily want that because. I don't know what I want astrology to be necessarily but I know what I don't want it to be and I don't want it to become a heavily regulated profession and I think a lot of the other esoteric uh, professions have gone that way like even I've heard in I think Reiki um, but certainly in things like now um, I'm trying to think of a good example uh, where as it became more accepted like acupuncture and stuff then it's like okay well now you need to have this certification from this place and you need to have this and you need to keep it up and you need to do your continuing education credits every year and you better check that in and it creates create all of these bureaucracy and regulatory oversight i work in that environment in my day job heavily bureaucratic work for a huge organization and i don't want astrology to, to be that because even though i have personally gone and gotten like official certification and stuff the only reason i did that was because of the way i study and learn things and i knew that i would that would work for me um but if you can just listen to like a million hours of the astrology podcast and learn and then go out you can do a great job like you don't need any any letters or um after your name or certification so that's my fear with astrology was if it gets too popular it's gonna it's gonna become subject to those market forces that turn it into any other regulated profession. And I think that would be very sad um and limiting.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree completely. Yeah, I agree completely. I'm 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 not into legitimizing astrology. Um, but if astrology were to become a legitimate quote unquote industry, I'd still keep fucking practicing as an unregistered astrologer. Like Same.
1: You know, like, I'm not, you know, okay, if I don't have your credentials, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like, whatever.
0: You can't really sort of put um, too much restriction around how somebody relates to the stars and their place in the entire universe. Um, I mean, I'm sure you could. You could bureaucratize anything, but you can't truthfully do that in a way that's effective. Zed, you're going to say something? Well,
2: bureaucracy has never been in uh, the service of truth. But um, if it were to be regulated, then I would think that it will probably re- be regulated in the way that psychology and psychiatry is regulated. Mm-hmm. and it would be treated in that kind of way. And so there would be like an ethics uh, yep. uh, uh, set of commandments or whatever whatever you call that um, that, that you would have Which to just, like
1: It's coming. Like there is that, um, I don't know if you've heard it, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's in its, it's infancy, but there is like an ethics code of conduct or something that they're working on all the big names there's there's a big board of people who are on it um i take heart because there's so many people on the board they're probably not getting anything done um and also i think that the time for that it was due to some like sexual misconduct stuff i think but here's the thing about astrology Mm -hmm. astrology doesn't need a code of ethics tell you not to rape someone. Um we mm. have laws for that, you know, like that's that we have that already. Mm. So anyway, this is getting a little off topic, but but yeah, so um <laughs> I should probably stop talking though because I don't want to piss anyone on that board off. So
0: <laughs> no 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 don't I mean like it's up it's up to you if you want to piss people off or not. Incidentally Chris Brennan I'm not trying to piss you off Caitlin Coffick. Definitely not trying no, to
1: no but we talk about them because they're such implications the on all of that. us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, like uh, the the ethics thing. Yeah, cool. I dig it. I remember when that became a thing. I think I was in on one of the few initial meetings just to see what it was about. There was like a live stream meeting or something. And that was like four years ago. So I don't think a lot's really kind of moved mm-hmm. in that space. But I dig what you're saying, right? You don't need an ethics board to tell you not to fucking rape people. That's, you know, one way of of definitely looking at it. But The way of. Well,
2: that's a thing in all of the spaces where there's, um, you know, what you were saying before about like somebody who doesn't necessarily understand what you did to say something resonant, then they start to see you as this like all powerful, all seeing guru type. And um, then whenever that sort of thing happens, then it can turn into a power dynamic Mm -hmm. and um, it can get like, so plant medicine spaces are famous for this and um like any of this kind of thing uh can get kind of culty and weird and mm-hmm. um and so that's like i i understand that fear you know like they're like but you know fuck the police always yeah, always.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Right no, on, again, no, being... You tell us being, so. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and all this right. is it. Yeah. Like the, the guru thing always breeds like there's going to be some gross people who come in and take advantage of that because they're gross people. Mm. Um, but that's everywhere. Literally everywhere. I think in any sort of little niche community, you're going to have some creep who's going to try to come in and take advantage of vulnerable people. Um, okay. So that's kind of just on all of us. Across the board, and wherever we are in whatever group, to be like, fuck that, (laughs) don't do that. And yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I think, you know, a school based approach to astrology is kind of always been part of the mix, so to speak, as well. And schools have teachers and schools have leaders. And again, you would you would kind of hope, and I don't want to do an appeal to human nature here, but you would hope that that um, additional oversight wouldn't be necessary for people to not act like dicks. But at the same time, right? provided that your experience mm-hmm. isn't horrific or too damaging, Sometimes you have to encounter charlatans and shysters, at at least, you know, at the level, obviously nowhere near abuse or violence. But sometimes you have to encounter people who are false prophets in order to understand and discern who the real, you know, the real sources of truth are. And God knows I've had a ton of shit readings with shit astrologers in my time, right? In my two decades doing the job um, to kind of understand how to pick and how not to pick. And I think that you know the part of the the issue with scarcity is that there's so many um you know the, the market is so big and the market is so hot right now that there's just so many people who are kind of swanning in who would otherwise not be astrologers they would be whatever it was 20 30 40 years ago feng shui was big back then you know yeah
2: right and there's also um like the the whole economy is a gig economy right now yeah and so there is you know there's like this move away from uh like doing a nine to five uh at a big corporation on the understanding that that is gonna just like you can just do that for 45 years and then retire and and like like that model doesn't work and so and there's this wide recognition that that model doesn't work and so um there is More and more pressure to turn your hobbies into hustles, to turn the thing, your interests into money. Right. And, um, and so I am, you know, I, I am sympathetic. To that pressure and the the feeling of like, oh, I'm kind of nice with astrology. Maybe I should uh, do this professionally. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And because like every time I hear somebody talking about like online grifting, I'm like, are they talking about me? They (laughs) might be talking about me. (laughs) like. You know, like I'm I'm fucking weird out here. I don't have any credentials after I don't got any letters after my name. You know what I mean? Like I I did. I took uh, the the route of listening to the astrology podcast with Chris Brennan for a million hours. And then now I'm like here just kind of winging it a little bit. Right. Yeah. And but so, I'm saying
1: that's legit. That's totally legit. And I love that that's legit Um, in this space. Sure. I mean, there's some people who would say that we're all grifters because astrology's fake and we're just taking advantage of dumb people who think that it's real, right? <laughs> so there's totally. to that. <laughs>
0: yeah, but what you've got is integrity, and I think all three of us do. Um, not to big note myself or anything, but mm-hmm. like you know i mean we've got the integrity to know like we're not the type of people who would fucking lie to people right like we wouldn't do that you wouldn't get someone in front of you look at the absolute train wreck of a transit list or a chart and go oh yeah everything's going to be fine that's great take that holiday you know buy that house you know what i mean get a lotto <laughs> ticket while you're at it um because that's not it's not necessarily who we are and the thing about grifters and charlatans and shysters is that they they disappear at the drop of a hat right you know five minutes later they're gone
1: it's not sustainable because people see through them pretty quick right like
0: yeah yeah but that's also part of the game as well right the 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 industry itself is never going to rid itself of um you know that aspect um and what you, you the only thing you can do is control and exert influence over the the one sphere you have control and influence over for the most part which is your own practice and you know the the way in which you relate to a community has to i think hopefully what i'd like to see with astrology is the way that the community evolves From something that has to almost by necessity start out in scarcity and start out in competition, Um, you know, and maybe even has to go through a phase where it's heavily regulated, at least comparatively compared to now, and then comes out the other side as something closer to collegiality, like my big dream of astrology is that we're all just fucking colleagues. I don't do the whole competition thing because I'm interested to hear what people do with the art, right? Like, how does your approach differ from mine? not trying to steal your your, your secrets. I'm more interested in how you deal with a conversation about a heavy Pluto thing. (laughs) Nice, nice. Listen, Um, there
2: was never an idea that a, a good idea is trying to be stolen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right yeah exactly Uh oh, that's nice, nice nice a, d- a no, good idea think- is not faithful to you because you had no. the idea a good oh. idea is trying to be out here
1: yeah it wants to come out and this happens in writing a lot too right like mm. i'll have great ideas for stories and if i don't write them someone else will because it's just it's trying to get out right so you either jump on or you don't um yeah that's that's
0: well what we've so got with the age of air is we've got community and we've got ideas and maybe we need mm-hmm. to kind of shake off the last vestiges of the age of earth and materialism by going through a stage of regulation before we get to something close to collegiality.
1: Well, real talk, guys. So looking at the astrology and what we see coming, right? Um, do you think mm-hmm. we're going to get that with with the age of air and all of these upcoming transits? Um, or the other thing I was wondering about, because this has come up recently, people are talking about potentially another version of like a satanic panic situation um and i think that if we do get that astrology could be a victim for sure because it would be kind of it's Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of adjacent to that type of whatever at least in people who are like hardcore bible thumpers are going to think that astrology is evil right so um so i I was wondering about that like are we going to get the regulation or like like try to self-regulation which will just kind of tear it down are we going to get external forces where astrology becomes like illegal you know and you're getting like arrested or at least charged and like you know monetarily penalized so that you can't practice anymore or at least not openly i don't know like what do you guys think is the more likely scenario there
0: i think everybody's sin is nobody's sin and astrology is too popular there is mm. too many people who would be guilty of belief in engagement with practice of um for it to be enforceable what do you reckon sam Boney?
2: Yeah, I, I think that astrology is sort of following, uh, following behind cannabis, like uh, cannabis had been like, so it, it was reefer madness, right? And then now 100 years later, it's like, it, it's very common to know people who smoke weed and it is not a thing like I don't give a shit. Right. And so I live
1: in Edmonton. We have the most cannabis stores in Canada by far. It's insane. Like you walk down the street and you hit like five of them. It's not, we're all so under exactly.
2: yeah yeah yeah. so it just like kind of doesn't matter right and so i think that astrology is kind of following this model as well right like so maybe you don't become a cannabis grower or something like that but if you like sort of dabble a little bit then that is very normal and uh very like it's it's understood to be normal so if you like uh know your sun moon and rising and you sometimes read a horoscope or something like that. Like, I don't feel like that is enough to conjure the satanic panic, even in people who like really care deeply about uh, Satanism as evil, right? So I also think that in the age of air, then we, I do think that there are likely to be attempts at regulating information, but I don't think that that's how information works. And I think that there's too much information that it will simply overwhelm whatever regulations come into place and it'll turn around and it'll end up being like laws that are written by robots trying to restrict the robots saying things you know what i mean like it's just it it turns it's going to get super convoluted super quickly and then at the same time as like global markets are going to be restructured and this kind of thing like i don't feel like there it really like has legs to stand on as far as mm-hmm. like regulating astrology practices to down yeah. to the individual like mm-hmm. arresting yeah. individuals for practicing astrology like i don't i don't really see that yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the Saturn Neptune that we're coming up to might get a little funky, but I, no, I, I don't see that either. Um, if anything, if we were going to get into a hardcore regulation, uh, maybe at the next Saturn Pluto, so in like 20-ish, no, not quite years or whatever, like maybe under like a really heavy Saturnian mm-hmm. cycle, we, we may get some of that, but I, I think for the next couple decades honestly we're we're probably good um i have wondered if we're gonna if it's gonna stay this popular like is it really yeah just becoming like another thing that people do like so you can go to a party and it's like totally normal just be like oh yeah you know i I do some astrology and everyone's like oh okay instead of i mean honestly now if i'm at my day job i don't talk about it because i'm with a bunch of finance types and they're they're very normie There now there are some but you got to get them one-on-one it's not something i would announce at like a a group you know with some clients and be like yeah so i i read a read astrology charts because most of them are going to be like all right weirdo like (laughs) i just what's the the
2: average age of those people you're describing there
1: uh anywhere from like i'm probably still on the young end so like 40 to 60 Mm, right yeah Yeah,
0: sure. But you'd be surprised though, Mel, like, I don't know about you, Zamboni, but I get my fair share of finance types, lawyers, doctors, surgeons coming through.
1: I've done readings for coworkers for sure. One-on-one, but it's just in, in that professional, I'm just saying like at a, at a meeting, you know, with clients that I maintain the, I am a normal, boring finance day job person. And and we don't Mm. go there unless if the conversation shifted, I'm going to jump in, but, but so far it hasn't yet waiting Mm. for it.
2: Look, I think. Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. Well, I think that in uh, in the age group of like uh, from nineteen to thirty nine or something like that um I think that this is very common it's it's the cannabis thing you know what I mean like if if you're somebody who's uh, 19 years old you probably have known people who have not thrown their whole lives away because they smoke some weed sometimes like um the you probably have known a couple of people who were really into like uh wanted to talk about and Taurus means whatever right and like though and it's just kind of it just this part of the landscape we live here now you know what I mean yeah no a, that's
1: true and i'm it, sure it's appropriate cocktail
2: party conversation yeah. oh yeah you're right
1: that like yeah yeah i can definitely see the generational divide thing and it just the way it works you know the clients and people i'm meeting are still usually older than me if not they're starting because i'm getting older they're starting to be sort of peers with me um but yeah i think maybe maybe in another 10 years when you know when things are shifted again yeah that might be different i'm not sure
0: yeah. No, don't worry. The clients just keep getting younger, unfortunately, Mel. Um, I can tell you now. It's funny I- how that I works. <laughs>
1: clients too. I
0: saw Lisa Schein did a tweet years ago that always stuck with me, which was, I'm getting so old now that I can remember the transits from when my clients were born. And I had a chuckle at that. But then recently I'm like, fuck, I remember 2003. I remember how shit that was astrologically. Like. <laughs> <laughs> now no, you're sitting in front of me with your fucking satin and taurus mate you know like yeah there's there's that i got i got a final question just to kind of bring bring things to a close and i think you know the answer may be self-evident but given everything we've discussed today given the state of where astrology is do, will you guys be doing this in 10 years time Mel, will you be doing this in 10 years time mate
1: yes of course yeah it's it's not it's not a job it's not it's not like a professional well, it is but it isn't right this is it is a calling and yeah. it I always feel like it's a little douchey to be Mm. like this is my calling but it is like it truly is and I did have an astrologer tell me right at the outset um when I was asking her some questions about you know getting into it and she said like the planets choose you so you know (laughs) they either do or they don't right like
0: totally absolutely yeah what about you Zenboni?
2: Yeah. Well, that was one of my, that was one of the things that really attracted me to this craft is um, it's not like gymnastics or something like that, where you hit a certain age and then you got to find something else to do with your life. Um, If I just continue studying astrology at the rate that I'm studying astrology now, then I will be super badass in 10 years. And I will be super extra badass in 10 years down the line from that. And by the time I get to like Demetra George's age or something like that, like... I'm gonna be the baddest motherfucker around, and I love that idea. I just love that idea so much. So, um, so yeah, you're not gonna stop me.
0: Five-year waiting list and 300 bucks for a half-hour reading. eh? pretty good. Yeah,
2: nice <laughs> yeah. work if you can get it, mate. Well, I don't know if the price is gonna change. You know, like uh, oh, yeah, we'll true. see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Some central bank digital currency, social credit union unit. Uh, there you go. Uh huh. something like that yeah how how many Pelosi votes is it word Pelosi (laughs) that's what that's the word damn damn Mercury station all right cool so um to wrap it up I need to uh I need to share where people can find you guys because this has been a pretty awesome conversation right and the people that are listening are going to want to book in so we'll start with yourself Zamboni where can people find you mate
2: Sure, so you can find me, zambonifunk.com. You can go to uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And it's all at zambonifunk.com. Um, you can also go to Spotify, Title Pandora, Apple Music, wherever you like to get your music at. I do a bunch of music. Some music just dropped today that I'm super excited about. It is uh, funky as hell. The the p is strong. So um, yeah, you can find me in all, Zamboni Funk. Is it's all one word. It's all in in all of the places. So you can find me in there.
0: Perfect, mate. Mel Priestley. Where can people find you? Uh,
1: Mel or.com either one will take you to me and that's my blog sign up to my newsletter I should send one of those out one of these days too um you'll see what I've been up to writing if I'm going to be speaking anywhere yeah so that's that's where you'll find me you'll find me on some social media too but honestly I probably won't look at it for a while so <laughs> come to my website if you want to see me <laughs> send me an email honestly I'm a little old school that way but if you want to talk to me just email me I'll I'll get back to you
0: Nice one guys. All right. So we're going to link everything up in the show notes. We'll link the article. We'll link everybody's where to find everyone. So um, thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been a really cool discussion. I really liked like chewing over the stuff with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really delighted to be here. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. This was great.
0: All right. Legends. We'll see you on the flip side. Take it easy. Okay. Later.